You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode here of the Stag Sports Wrap Podcast. JJ Duke with Drew Kingsley and Drew. Um, I mean, this is the time of the year that we all wait for right now. It is sunny. It is actually warm, which is kind of strange to say because the last time they recorded a couple of weeks ago, I think it just came off of snowing, which is strange. But uh, baseball, softball in full swing, tennis. I mean, as literally as I walked in to record this podcast, we've got tennis action going on outside. Golf is in full swing. Rowing is back on the water as well. Lacrosse going. This is the time of the year that we just get uber excited about. Yeah, it's uh, it's been spring on the calendar for a little bit, but it's starting to feel like spring and uh, a lot of teams in action. It's a really exciting time and uh, playoffs will be here before we know it in a few sports. Yeah, it's funny. We'll uh, kind of allude to at the end of this show that our next episode in two weeks time will actually have championship season previews, which is wild because we're only the day of recording is Tuesday, April the 4th. And a reason, by the way, that we're recording on a Tuesday as opposed to a Monday is because Mother nature elected to show her um, you know, her teeth, if you will, and basically just provide oodles of rain and wind over the weekend. So things were kind of pushed back a little bit. So we're recording a day later than usual. And we should also acknowledge that this show will not cover some games that are happening on the day of recording or, as we said, things happening as we speak. So Fairfield baseball against Yale, Fairfield softball going up to UConn, men's and women's tennis against Siena, few other things in there. Just go to FairfieldStags.com or follow us on all of our social media platforms. You could get all of your up-to-date news and notes, scores, and highlights from there. But let's talk about some of the things that were happening over the weekend, Drew. First with women's lacrosse. Is, uh, they're one of a handful of teams that got off to league play uh, recently. In fact, they had two weeks off uh, from their last non-conference game against Sacred Heart on the 15th to taking on Iona on the 29th of March. And you would expect for any team that there would be some ring rust after a long stretch away from the game. But, Drew, kind of alluded to this in the past before, this team is hungry and they feel like they just have to be dangerous every time they take to the field just to garner respect from everywhere outside of the MAC. Yeah, they're a uh, they're a almost a sneaky veteran team because when you look up and down the roster, they are a veteran team, but then, you know, I think a lot of the focus, including from us in the off season was Kelly Horning, arguably the best all around player to ever play here is gone. You uh, had some uncertainty, some competition at the goalie position that needed to shake itself out. And you almost sort of forget or overlook all of these veterans that are coming back. And uh, they're really all pitching in as far as in addition to, some uh, some newcomers to the fold, and it's really it's a team effort all the way around, and it's been uh, really fun to watch. A lot of great results along the way. Yeah, so two wins in league play to start off, going away to Iona last Wednesday, winning fifteen to nine. They had as large as a nine goal lead in the second half, and then Maris comes to town, and that's one of those matchups that's kind of your old school rivalry matchups. Maris, of course, always one of the teams that's there or thereabout. Fairfield, obviously, on the run that they've been over the last few years. And the Stags uh, got to double figures early on in the second quarter and never looked back. They had running clock for the entire second half plus, which means, for those that are not familiar, a 10 or more goal lead and ran away with a 20-4 to victory. I mean, there's already uh, – Four different players, yeah, four different players on thirty or more points this season. Elizabeth Toledo leading the way with forty of them. Um, 
they're getting help from everybody, as you said, but they're playing at a tempo we've never seen before, both offensively and they're creating absolute chaos in the midfield. Yeah, the uh, it it really is a, a 12-woman defense. It starts from the ride with the attackers. We saw Ellie Graff and uh, E. Toluto hook up a couple of uh, turnovers on the ride leading to some quick goals, and obviously that defensive unit itself, Lindsey Barnes statistically is up there, and then I just talked with Coach Field yesterday about Caroline Mangan, who does not jump off the stat sheet, but if you're preparing for the Stags, you're focusing on Caroline Mangan. She's just an elite shutdown defender, an elite help defender, and uh, really leading the way there on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean, we could go on and on about Mangan, go on and on about LB, who's, what, 24 caused turnovers in 10 games. It's one of the best marks in the nation. And even Kayla Bay, who's the uh, the close crease defender. I mean, she usually defends the best attacker in every team and she won't rack up the big stats but there's a reason why the big attackers are not getting a lot of points against Fairfield because she shuts them down and then when all that goes off the grid well you've got Casey and Col- Casey Collins and Gold making saves also should be mentioning as well that recently Olivia Duty got the Mac player of the week on the offensive side of things for 12 points in those two games and Nicolette Lavista breaking a program record of single-game draw controls that was only just set a month ago before by Riley Harrell with 11. Uh, Nicolette got 12 draws, as uh, I told her after, and you actually hear from Nicolette and Olivia in just a moment. She was even surprised that she got that many against Marist, but um, it just shows uh, how good all three phases of this team has been. And now you will hear my conversation post-game after Marist this past Saturday with Olivia Duty and Nicolette LaVista. So it's been about five weeks since we've seen Fairfield women's lacrosse at home. And Olivia, I mean, you guys basically put on a show of all shows, a 20-goal performance against Marist. I mean, everything was going right for you guys today. Yeah, I think that we work really hard on the ride and we recover balls um, in all areas areas of the field. So it's always a team effort, but we celebrate each other so much and it's fun just to be out there with everyone. I mean, basically it was everybody just finding each other every space possible. You had what, five goals, a couple of helpers in there coming off of a great game against Iona. How much fun is it to see everyone get involved and build over from game to game? Because the offense was working nice against Iona a couple of days ago as well. I think we can score in so many different ways and we work together so much in practice. So to see it translate in the game, it just shows the chemistry. It goes from friendship to teammates and it just, it translates on the field and it's really fun. So. Well, the translation's nice when you're winning the ball from the start. Nicolette, I mean, we're talking about a 12-draw control today. I mean, there's something special that was working with your group on the circle. What were you seeing that worked out well, especially just in this game alone? Honestly, our main point for this game was just to see what we had and what um, Marish was giving us. And Riley, she talks to me great on the backside, and Libby does as well, and we have certain calls that we say. And I was just hearing what they were saying and giving the ball into space or to myself. And I mean, we're going on the line of fun, right? I mean, how much fun is it that it gets to that make it, take it mode? You're doing your job. The offense is doing their job. And if you guys don't do your job, well, the defense is going to make a play for you. Exactly. (laughs) Now going ahead, um, Olivia, as we look forward to the next few games, it's Quinnipiac coming up. And then, of course, Siena right after, which I don't think you guys need any more motivation to play them. But I know it's... You, you want to just focus on one game at a time, but what has been the thing that gets this group going this year? Because it seems like it's something different from years past. 
I think because we're returning so many of our players from last year, we have that chemistry already built. So we're just kind of building off of it from our previous season. And we obviously want to win the Mac again. So we're working really hard just day by day to keep taking each game as for what it is and, and coming out to the end of season as strong as possible. And Nicolette, last year, you were one of the handful of grad students that came back for one more year. I mean, this is, has to be one of those things that the plan almost might be going perfectly right now. Yeah, honestly, the four of us came back to, ring, to win four rings, just like Kelly Horning. We want that brass knuckle. And we love our coaching staff. We can't ask for a better team. We just love everyone. And it's just the best experience. So thanks to those two for having a, a moment to chat with me after that game, Fairfield Women's Lacrosse. I mean, this is um, we got two of the big ones coming up. It's the local grudge match against Quinnipiac on Wednesday here at home at 3 o'clock, and then the one that now everybody looks forward to every year, Fairfield Siena at home on April the 8th at Saturday in June. I know that's going to be the game that you don't need. I even said it to Olivia after. You don't need to get any more fired up for that game than they already are. No, that's been a rivalry where it seems that we uh, we connect twice every year lately. The, uh, the the regular season matchup is always great, even though some of those results haven't gone Fairfield's way. And then the postseason matchup, I believe three straight years they've run into each other in the playoffs. And uh, Siena always travels a good, loud, excited crowd. Fairfield always brings a good, loud, excited crowd. It'll just be a good atmosphere. Hopefully another day like today as well on Saturday. Fingers crossed it does say that it's going to be sunny on Saturday. <laughs> so that is a big, big positive. All right, switching over to the diamond now. Fairfield baseball. I mean, they've been absolutely clobbering the ball since the start of the season. It has just carried over to league play since we last spoke to you guys. Two conference series in the book. A sweep at home to Siena on the last weekend of March. All of those games, Fairfield averaging in double figures and runs scored. Last game, in fact, was a mercy rule. Or, for those fans of the World Baseball Classic, early termination after seven <laughs> innings of the ten or more runs. I'm sorry, I know the mercy rule, but it just sounds so much better saying early termination. Uh, and then Fairfield going on the road to the mount last weekend, dropped the opener, and then won the second two games both of those wins in double figures. There's a lot of things to take away from this team, Drew. I mean, we start with the offensive side. They, the, the Stags, I mean, yeah, the running Stags are on the court, but, I mean, is there a nickname we could come up for the pop that this group has right now? Because they're just absolutely hitting the uh, everything out of the baseball. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, they're hitting the cover, the seams, everything out of the baseball. I don't know. Uh, I'll have to defer to them to come up with their own nickname. I'm sure they have one. It's just a matter of if it's for air or something to keep in the dugout. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got right now Fairfield as a team. Uh, they've knocked out 43 homers, which is 35th in the nation right now. This is coming into this week, 15 homers and six Mac games, which is, I mean, this is basically carrying over from last year. I think Fairfield, if they had just played Mac games last year, they would have been top five in program history in single season homers as a team. They obviously hit 75 last year. Fairfield are very much on pace to better that this year. And they're in a four-way tie in the nation for team average at 30th at a 3.09 clip with Columbia, regional finalist last year, Oklahoma State and NC State. NC State got to the College World Series final series a couple of seasons ago, and Oklahoma State always there as well, and have scored, as I mentioned, double-figure runs in each of the last five games. Offensively there, pitching, obviously, we saw the great performance from Jake Noviello to kind of get things going against Siena um, a few weeks back. 
Colin McVay has been steady. Peter Austinson actually is kind of a little underrated as that number three starter. He's been good in his first two Mac appearances. I know people are going to say, well, getting the runs are great, but the other team's also getting a lot of runs as well. I think it's maybe just that there's not warning sirens yet. It's still a very much figuring it out on the back end. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the rotation itself has been in flux due to yeah. some injuries, some uh, guys changing roles. You know, the team's had, I think, four different closers at this point because of, not because of ineffectiveness, just because of injuries, moving guys around, things like that. And uh, yeah, it's uh, they're, they're a hitting team this year. The pitching is definitely behind the hitting right now, but it's a lot of guys that have done it before. Yeah. We, saw, we saw flashes of it almost across the board against Siena. Certainly a guy like Jake Noviello, we've seen when he is at the top of his game, what he can do, and he's working toward that this year. So, yeah, I wouldn't say warning signs. I said, I think, you know, the, the stat line would take a while to even out because they had a rough start to the year. So looking at the stats might not tell the whole story, but they'll get there. And the offense is definitely going to, you know, continue to pick them up when they need it along the way and try to make some good pitching performances stand up and help out some pitching performances if they slip a bit. Yeah, it'll definitely be something that's going to be interesting to watch as the league schedule goes on. Fairfield has the Manhattan series coming up, and then actually next weekend is the quote-unquote bye weekend for league play, but Fairfield do have games on the schedule. They actually have a non-conference game against a conference rival in Quinnipiac listed uh, next Tuesday, and then listed a three-game set against Hartford before league action be- uh, resumes on the 21st of April against Niagara. That will be the next home series. Watch out for that Niagara team, by the way, because if you're talking about pitching depth, they had to rely on that in the tournament last year, and their back end nearly pulled out four straight elimination games to get them to the championship series. That's a good ball club over there. Yeah, that was that was one of the things we sort of followed um... – for those who don't remember, Fairfield was hosting the men's lacrosse national championships up in East Hartford that weekend, and we had a lengthy weather delay as a part of that, and uh, we had a lot of people who didn't necessarily know a lot about Mac baseball who we sort of sucked into following the baseball tournament. and It just grabs you, by the <laughs> way. It just grabs you. The Mac is just something different in college baseball. Yeah, and just seeing uh, Niagara, and we, we were starting to sort of play manager ourselves. They would go to the bullpen like, oh, you can't possibly be bringing that guy out again for another performance. And then he would come in and hang a couple zeros. And that was – so that's – if nothing else, that's the grit of that Niagara team, sort of the attitude, and I'm sure it's the attitude that Fairfield's going to see in a couple weeks. Yeah, as I'm right now trying to scroll back quickly to last season to remind myself, who were the men? Marcus Cashman was one of those guys that, yeah, he pitched four different games in the MAC tournament as a starter, then as a reliever a couple of times. Marty Cole, I think he was then deemed as everyday Marty Cole. He pitched yeah, in four of those games. I mean, it's insane what they did over there, but credit to them, and they're a good ball club this year as well. The Purple Eagles at 11-10. and 10. Top half of the league, as I've said before, that is a good conference for baseball. As long as all those teams get there to Pomona next month for the MAC tournament, it should be maybe one of the most competitive MAC tournaments in years to come. Also, speaking of another competitive league as well, and actually maybe even not talked and appreciated enough how good MAC softball has been this year, there's not an easy series of any of the 11 teams that are in that league. And Fairfield, well, first off, finally, they can say that they're starting to play games regularly again. Julie Brzezinski and have 
I have had a couple of conversations about how infrequent this Fairfield softball team have played uh, coming into league play. She usually wants about 25 games in non-conference before the MAC. Heading into that Yale game last Wednesday, their final tune-up with air quotes, because obviously they'll play a few non-conference games between now and the end of the season, they played 16 games. That's way behind the schedule, and yet... Fairfield playing in five one-run games last week, lost 2-1 to Yale, lost a pair of one nothing games to the Mount on Sunday, and then, as I mentioned, with the weather kind of changing things up a little bit, uh, the Ryder series that was supposed to be on Saturday at home gets moved to Monday at home in Fairfield. A couple of victories, one from a come-from-behind fashion against Ryder, 8-7, win the second, 3-2, and this kind of proves what we were saying a couple of weeks ago. There's nothing really to worry about with this group right now. Once the bats really start to get clicking, this team can hit the ball kind of like the baseball squad as well and hit it all over the park. Yeah, we saw, you know, a couple of 1-0 losses to the Mount. Some some very good softball, by the way. Yeah. I know Fairfield was on the short end, but just very good softball to watch on that day. And then yesterday against Ryder to come back from 5-0 and then to come back again in the first game and then to play from ahead in the second game and keep the lead. It's good to win those one-run games after you've lost a few one-run games. It's good for your confidence. It's also good just to see them execute in those clutch situations. And when you play four one-run games, I guess two and two as a result is about right. Well, let's remember here, for those that are unfamiliar, the Mount were uh, the number two team coming out of the NEC last year heading into their conference tournament, returned nearly all their pitching, and currently their pitching right now stands top 30 in the nation in Team ERA. They threw up 14 scoreless innings, so you can understand why. And Ryder were a team that retained one of the best two-way players in the league in uh, Jesse Nagoski. So if you come away, as you said, 2-2 two and two from that, and you just find a way to start now stringing together series at minimum splits and you win a couple in there, um, Fairfield are going to find their way playing in postseason ball as they did a season ago. Maybe not having to rely on winning 19 of their last 20, though we will certainly take that, no <laughs> questions asked. Um, but as long as they get themselves an opportunity to be in the postseason, that's all you need because I'm going to take a page out of your book for a second. You're 0-0 zero and zero when you get to a conference tournament. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh, you threw me for a loop there. Uh, but yeah, you know, 2-2 two and two in the league. I don't, I don't mean to downplay it, but there's so much left to play in the regular season and two and two you're keeping yourself in a position to make that playoff still obviously a lot left to be near the top half of that field as well and um, it's good to see them playing well they'll have a tough test tonight at UConn and then uh, just go on a run of conference games you know not conference thrown in but you're basically into conference play now it's all about those weekend series taking three or four when you can and just staying in a good position to get to the end of the regular season. Yeah, it's a bit of a grueling stretch for Fairfield softball coming up because I was joking with a, a couple of the players after yesterday's, Monday's doubleheader, that, yeah, you know, you you haven't played at all, and then all of a sudden you're playing 10 games in the next uh, 14 days. So get ready for playing day in, day out at UConn, then at Quinnipiac on Friday. Short drive, and it's supposed to be a lovely day on Friday. So, hey, if you're out in Hampton, make sure – Go on up there and check out the Stags in action at Manhattan on Saturday, then away to Columbia next Wednesday, home against Central Connecticut State, scheduled April 13th at 3.30, then away to Canisius and away to Niagara. And 
Julie Brzezinski and I agree that Fairfield needs to maybe exercise some demons playing up at the Dembski Sports Complex because uh, the postseason has been kind to previous, but not so recently. So we'll see how that one goes about. Uh, speaking of, I chatted after the Ryder Series with Charlie Warren, uh, sophomore outfielder and freshman catcher Delaney Wielden as Charlie had a eight-hit week. And Delaney Wielden, who won the MAC Rookie of the Week coming into this, hit her first career homer against Ryder in that first game and chatted to both of them about that series and about the weekend as well as looking ahead. It's never easy bouncing back after a couple of tough losses, but Charlie Warren, it must just be nice getting back at home and getting wins, especially beating Ryder a couple of times. Uh, yeah, for sure. After yesterday, I think you just really have to like flush it. Like it's a new day, and even though we lost both the games yesterday, we really did like fight throughout the whole thing. So we carried the like good energy into the into today, which paid off, and then just like flushed anything bad from last game. A seven hit weekend for you. That's got to be something nice as well. And it's been fun to see you just continuing to do things at the top of the order. I know in talking with the group, it's not been easy the last few weeks, just not getting games in. Everything's canceled left, right and center. But how's it been mentally for you just being able to be locked in like you are right now? Um, well, yeah, like with all our games being canceled, it's been like a struggle just to like get like get into like get up get up get up to the plate. And um, I've just been focusing on what I'm good at. Like I'm not a home run hitter you know i just like focus on like the small game and like all that stuff and it always it like pays off so and nice little welcome to fairfield <laughs> softball here for delaney wielden i mean first off you got mac rookie of the week coming into this weekend's worth of games as you celebrate rightly so <laughs> and then you know all of a sudden Fairfield needs a homer, one of the last few teams in the nation that hasn't homered yet. And all right, that's fine. First at bat, game two, go big fly. Must have been really fun for you. Oh, yeah, it was a blast. Um, I mean, my teammates were just there supporting me throughout the whole thing. So it was just a surreal moment for my collegiate career. The humblest answer you'll <laughs> yeah. ever get, which means Coach Julie will be pretty happy with that. But for you coming into this group right now, you're working with Allie behind the dishes while getting in your first experience in MAC play. How was this for you this weekend going against the Mountain Rider, two kind of different teams? Um, I mean, it definitely is different, especially coming in as a freshman. But I mean... Ali being back there and just being like my leader, just helping me out and getting me through and really showing me the reins of how everything's going and especially also the team too. But Ali's been a big role of like helping me feel comfortable and step in and even the pitchers too, letting me know and feel confident in my catching back there. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I have to say that Ali's been my biggest like rock for this whole experience transitioning to the college level. Absolutely. And Charlie, lastly, it's now going to be on the road back again for this team over the next couple of weeks. So when this group finally is back in action for league play in a couple of weekends, what are you going to be looking forward to seeing folks coming out? It's going to be, I think it's a Saturday against Iona. Hopefully nice weather and a couple more wins. I'm just excited just to play. I don't know. This team, we have a lot of energy and everyone has each other's backs. So I'm just like really excited to see how it plays out. So a big appreciation to Charlie and Delaney for having a conversation. That's going to be kind of our big chunk of a handful of teams that are going on in action right now. And then I'm just going to do, Drew, a very quick whip around because, as we mentioned before, there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of things that are going to be currently happening that we're not going to get to. But again, make sure to stay tuned. Fairfieldstags.com, everything that you need there. We start with men's lacrosse after opening up CA play with a win at Hofstra Fairfield. Uh faltered uh, or fault I should say to Towson and Drexel they will play Delaware on Saturday before the crucial stretch to end the season Monmouth Stony Brook and Hampton it's one of those things I will get your thoughts on this Drew 
at this time last year in a six-team CAA, you'd say, okay, one and two, you're going to need to win out and get some help. All of a sudden, now you, you add two extra games. It's, okay, we can control the controllables, and three and one, you're in the postseason. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a brave new world for the CAA, as as I've mentioned before. Uh, in four years for Coach Bax, the CAA schedule has been different every year, including 2020, where there wasn't one at all. But yeah, they've got you know they've they've gone through some of those traditional CAA powers. They have another one coming up in Delaware, and then the way the schedule works out, they've got the three newcomers to the league as the back half of the schedule. So I don't think we really know what to expect. You know, they've played Stony Brook. For a while, they've never played Monmouth. They've never played Hampton. And uh, you're right. They they can still they still control their own destiny, as it were, to make the playoffs. You can still just focus on the game in front of you. You don't have to scoreboard watch it all. You just go out there, play hard, play Fairfield lacrosse, and see where the chips fall. Reassess that every Sunday. But on Saturday, you just have to worry about the one team across from you. And the good news for Fairfield is, as well, a couple of their key players are playing well in league play. Redshirt junior Bryce Ford, 13 points in three conference games. Sophomore Jack McKenna, 10 points in three games. So those two are doing their job to keep Fairfield's offense on the uh, on the good part of where they need to be. And as we said, they're back in action against Delaware on Saturday, then home in just a little over in a week and a half from now when they take on Monmouth. As you said, that's a new team that Fairfield will be facing in league action. Uh, men's and women's golf. Well, the men are already two tournaments into the spring as they open the season very early March. Then most recently, a couple of weeks ago, they played at the Seaside Golf Links in Ocean City in a 36-hole event. Grad student Michael McCarthy was top 20. Team was tied for ninth out of 17. Now, the men actually got the uh, the lovely trip to go down to Fort Lauderdale, Florida to experience weather, ironically enough, that we're getting right now. So <laughs> thanks for sending some of that up north. We greatly appreciate it but uh the men are playing in what is actually kind of a nice little um tune up to the mac tournament you're obviously when you're playing down in florida a lot of the golf courses different types of grass and different types of undulation that you'll get as opposed to up here in the northeast but that's also a three round 54 hole event um that is actually finishing up as the time we are recording unofficially we can say that fairfield team out of 11 teams finishing fourth with a very impressive final round of a five under as a team and Jason Salamino good friend of the show has currently launched himself up into fourth place with a 211 five under I mean that is a, a, a three you know, round event that you'll sign up for any day of the week getting that um, so I'd love to see if he is able to hold on to that mark I know there's two guys that are around that are still maybe potentially could be knocking him down, but that's a great event for him and also for the team to get themselves ready for league play women or league tournament. I should say women's side, they're going to be playing basically their entire schedule in about a month, um, playing four events, one in the book, and then they have three more by the time that we next record. We will make sure, again, to cover that as we get ready for their championships down in Disney. But their first event was a 36-hole event down in Maryland last weekend where grad student Julia Town finished uh, tied for 32nd, and the women were 11th of 16. They'll play an event at Hartford, an event on the Hudson River just by in uh, Hastings on Hudson, and then they'll go down to Annapolis to Navy to play at their event there and then the MAC term as well. Men's and women's rowing started their season as well. Men competed in two events, women in three, a litany of top 
two top three places across all three events. There's the Jesuit Invitational and then a couple of races in Shelton, a uh, dual meet and a tri, or excuse me, a quad meet and a tri meet. So you can get all your updates there. And lastly, as I said, men's and women's tennis, they're currently, as we speak, in action against Siena. Uh, women's tennis started out league play, though, with wins over Ryder and Mount St. Mary's. They're at 2-0, both by the same 6-1 score. And then the men are 1-1. One and one. They will wrap up their their regular season schedule, Drew, before um, we record our, <laughs> our show next week. But if we have qualifiers on the team side, we will make sure to have conversations with them heading into the MAC tournament. It's insane how quick that season goes. I know the golf season, you kind of expect that it's going to be scheduled that well, you're going to have a couple events on a Monday and Tuesday, one Saturday and Sunday as you build in. Nope, it is literally a 100-meter sprint. You play every league opponent basically in a two-and-a-half-week stretch, take a week, and then you play down in the MAC championships. But uh, the, the players know that this is crunch time right now, and they got to go at it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's it's for, It's 18 days is the MAC tennis schedule this year. That's just wild to think about. And uh, so these guys are grinding now, the men and women, I should say, are grinding right now, uh, playing Sienna as we speak. And then, yeah, it's just, it's a sprint. And then that that's almost a good thing. Then you dive right into the postseason. There's no time to think about it. You've yeah. just been playing tennis, playing tennis, and you're going to keep playing tennis. Yeah, it's simple. You just have, as long as you're peaking at the right time, which is right now, and you utilize all that match play experience that you got down in Florida and down the early portion of the season indoors, and you're going to be in a good place as long as you get the results. And as we said, we will keep track of them as well as golf next episode because we'll have championship previews for that. Okay, so that is your kind of long-winded version of the roundup around campus. Um, Drew, Two news and notable things going on off the fields and courts of play. First off, stack giving. Uh, that stack giving day was back on March the 22nd. Fairfield University, it's an annual day for an opportunity to raise money for, well, the entire university, but for the athletics department, a chance to raise money for all of our 20 varsity programs, built for life fund, as well as our spirit squad teams, our band, cheer, and dance teams. And once again, um, coming through with flying colors, the, some of the numbers are really staggering, but just a credit to everybody involved for just continuing this upward trajectory that they've been on for the last five or six years. Yeah, it's great. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're the sports info office. We do love our stats and we love our records. So 1.34 million, I should say, and counting, on stag giving day and then the number i personally like as an alum especially is a record number of gifts 1360 more people gave on stag giving day to athletics than gave in any other year and that's that's the one that really gets me excited especially when you think about all these different things there's the arena there's other things to give during the year there's people have other places other than fairfield that they give yeah. to during the year but still to really to buy into what's happening here and to buy into our student athletes and to their future success. Uh, it's a great thing to see. It makes me really proud to work here, really proud to be an alum as well. Absolutely. So again, congratulations to everybody involved. And I think it would be, um, we'd be remiss if we did not give our um, athletics giving group a shout individually uh, led by Dr. Brett Burchett, Mike Jarvis, as well as, um, Kelly McCombs. Thank you. Yep. For some reason, I had the name down. I just absolutely blanked on it for a second. Yeah, Kelly, uh, one of the newer members of our staff as well. So big appreciation to all three of them um, leading the line on that. And now 
Something that you have been working on a lot recently, getting ready for, and that's something that happens every year, but as you said, an alum yourself, this is something that gives you great pride into talking about the Hall of Fame. As I, we're we're going to have that coming up soon. So, Drew, take it away, class of 2023. I love the Fairfield Athletics Hall of Fame. You know, I spend a, a lot of my time, I should say we in this office, spend a lot of our time in the record books and updating record books and writing about people, sometimes people we've never met, depending on when they played at Fairfield, but um, you really become familiar with what they've done, and I think the uh, the committee here, led by Paul Houston, has come up with another great Hall of Fame class. I'll give you the quick rundown. Kelly Boudreaux from Women's Soccer, Gene Doris, of course, longtime director of athletics, um, Brittany Hunter, who I'll give a shout-out, class of 2007, as am I, uh, women's swimming and diving. She was their top scorer every year. She was here. Max Championship, Beth Lafredo, women's lacrosse player, and then also a coach for a year. And oh yeah, they went 17-2 and two that year with her at the helm. Tucker Nathan's baseball went on for a long professional career there. Also played men's soccer. I That's, going back to what I was saying before, that's something I learned during this process that Tucker also played soccer for Coach Reese here. Monica Yajima, women's tennis, a three-time Mac player of the year. And of course, uh, Arguably, not an argument I'll have because some people are very passionate about this, arguably the best basketball team in Fairfield history, 1977-78 men's basketball, will be going in as a team to the Hall of Fame. That's all on April 15th. Head over to FairfieldStags.com. There's the links to register or to learn more about the nominees. Uh, It's always something that's a lot of hard work putting all this information together, but at the same time it just proves how consistent Fairfield Athletics have been over decades having continued excellence with their student athletes and um two bits i'll add to that first off i love and you guys should make sure to go check this out this is on a a few of our social platforms there is a a stag country i believe it was at that time a nice little piece on tucker nathan's the soccer player and how you know all of a sudden he was you know going in to play college baseball um heavily recruited up and down the eastern seaboard and then all of a sudden oh wait i can come to fairfield and play both because i like soccer and i'm also pretty good at it oh sign me up for that immediately and as you said tucker has gone on to have a very exceptional professional baseball career playing as recently as last year with the new york boulders which is the stadium they'll be hosting the mac baseball championship (laughs) um and the other brief one is actually um not as much of a big one, but I've played with Kelly Boudreaux before. Um, just kind of pick up and actually uh, one or two little um, events. The NSCA or now it's United Soccer Coaches Convention. They have an annual four-on-four tournament. Played on the same team with her. I was in the field and I was... Oh, no, actually, no. She was in the field and I was in goal. And let's just say it would have been better if it was reversed. <laughs> actually, it would have been better if she was in goal and I was on the bench. But um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But... Uh, yeah, great person and outstanding, of course. Uh, as Drew said, make sure to uh, go to fairfieldstags.com for all that. Well, we covered a lot in a half hour. That was fun. That that was what, a month or two of action? Oh, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, was. not including what's happening right now as we talk. But um, it's always a joy to be able to do this to kind of wrap things up. And also kind of reminds us a little bit of what has happened over the last couple of weeks because things are going thick and fast right now. And again, we will have plenty to discuss when we chat to you in two weeks' time, the week commencing April the 17th. So thanks for listening to another episode of the Snag Sports Wrap. For Drew, I'm JJ signing off. We'll talk to you then. Until next time, go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. 
For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.